Welcome to the Gridner Fantasy Football Podcast today. Today is Monday, July 20th, 2020. I'm Chip and I'm your host and thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can always watch us on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And I hope everyone had a good weekend uh, and everyone has a good week. I know today is Monday, so it's kind of the Monday blues, but I really hope that you're able to do something, you know, enjoyable this week. Regardless of what that is, I mean, I know things are kind of limited based on what's going on in our world, but, you know, hopefully uh, rather than going to work and, and grinding all week, hopefully you can bring some some joy to the week and all that. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited because we just got another download from um, Canada. So I'm really excited about that. So now I've been in the United States, Canada, and France. So that's super exciting. I know it's very small, but it means something to me that people are downloading this podcast and listening all over the United States and, you know, in different countries. It's, it's really fun. It's really fun to look at and kind of see how this uh, channel continues and podcast continues to grow. Um, so I'm super interested in seeing how that plays out. So thank you so much for your support. And let's go jump into the news. Derrick Henry finally signed a four-year, $50 million contract extension with $25.5 million in guaranteed money. He was already going to play under the franchise tag. Um, it's good for the Titans. It's good to the fact that they got Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry locked in for the next few years. Hopefully that offense really takes that step forward. You know, the offense really goes through Derrick Henry. Um, he's one of those guys where he can really take over a game. He can really just wear and tear that defense down. And, you know, I think that's, again, something they're going to try to do this year. So a really good sign for things to come for Tennessee. And then on the other flip side of that, there was no contract extension for A.J. Green. He will play under the franchise tag for 2020. Same for Dak Prescott. Um, I'm starting to really wonder what's going on with Dak Prescott and what uh, what the the tension is between the Cowboys. It really seems like I don't know what Dak Prescott's number is, but it just seems that they just can't negotiate the right price. So I'm kind of wondering if this is Dak Prescott's uh, last season in Dallas. Um, I know they can probably franchise tag him next year too, but there was a tweet that he, his brother had put out this week that really kind of indicated that he doesn't see rooting for the Cowboys beyond what Dak Prescott's tenure is going to be there. So it really does seem that, you know, that Dak Prescott may be playing his last year or two in Dallas. Um, Mark Andrews, this is kind of interesting. I didn't know this, but Mark Andrews indicated that he will play this year. I had no idea that he was suffering from type 1 diabetes. And apparently because of the, you know, the COVID and everything going on in our world that, being type one di- you know, di- type one diabetic really considers him a high risk player, so that's something that you want to monitor and make sure that uh, throughout training camp he's able to participate and hopefully there's no issues with uh, COVID with you know the players and whatnot that potentially could be high risk like Mark Andrews and all and on, on going to that to do the the off season and training camp there's still no plan on how many preseason games there will be. Uh, Apparently one game has been the new floating number going around that it went from cutting out two games. Now it seems like they're going to be cutting out another game. So there's going to be at least one game, but that's not guaranteed. Um, it's just very interesting to kind of see how things are playing out. There has been some word that the preseason, the preseason and training camp may be delayed. 
uh, due to the lack of COVID protocol for the players and for player safety. Um, I know it's a huge deal right now with player safety and making sure that the NFL is doing everything they can to make sure these players are staying healthy and safe. Um, I'm just wondering how many players may opt out to play. I think they have until like August 1st to opt out um, if they don't want to play the season. So it's going to be a very, very interesting year um, based on that. And hopefully the NFL can come up with some type of protocol that the players and the owners and everyone else can agree upon. Um, and, and with that, you know, the, the city of Philadelphia came out this uh, this week saying that they will not allow fans to attend the Eagles game this year. Now, this is really unfortunate for for football fans. We all love football season and to not be able to attend games, it, it's it, not good. It sucks. It's one of those things where we know that certain stadiums will allow fans in certain states, but the city of Philadelphia has said, you know what, we're not going to play with, we're not going to play around with it. We're going to not allow our fans to be in our stadium this year. And that could be the new norm that goes on throughout the season through all the different teams in the league. It, it's weird. I was watching a baseball preseason game yesterday and a player hit a home run and there was nothing in the crowd. It was just a very dead, silent awkwardness. And that's that's just something we're just going to have to be the new norm for this year. Um, we'll get some fans in some of the stadiums, but it just seems like having fans right now is is pretty much a limited thing. So we'll see. But yeah, this whole this whole year is going to be different. And it, it's really going to affect obviously the NFL teams and it's obviously going to affect the, you know, fancy football player or the fancy football leagues around too, because if a player gets COVID, there's a chance that they don't come back for the rest of the season. That could be a top player. That could be a Patrick Mahomes or a Russell Wilson type of player. But we have to see if these players want to play first, because it seems like today, or I'm sorry, yesterday, Sunday, they were a lot of players tweeting out to the NFL that they want to play, but you need to put our, our safety first. And it looks like, uh, there's a lot of players that are big name players that are, are willing to maybe opt out this year. So not saying that's a guarantee, but really, really look into that info and just keep your eye on that because that's something that could really affect just the NFL season and let alone, you know, obviously what happens in fantasy. So moving on to that, to today's uh, list, I am revealing my undervalued players for 2020 based on their average draft position, which is their ADP or their experts consensus ranking, meaning the ECR. So, these are guys that they may be big names. They may be guys that you obviously these guys that you recognize, but I wanted to give you my undervalued players because I feel like I was looking at the list and the rankings and kind of seeing where I have players ranked. It really seems like there's a lot of big names that are being kind of left kind of in that middle tier of rankings. So I want to go into that. Uh, so right now I'm gonna jump right into it with our undervalued quarterbacks for the season. Now, like I said, these choices are based on ECR and especially at the QB position. Uh, my two players are more relevant choices for like two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, which I think these two players will outplay their ADP and ECR. It's just, just my hunch. I just see the talent that's around these two players and I see where they're ranked. I really believe they're going to outperform that. So my first player that I have is Jimmy Garoppolo. They have him, the ECR at 22. Now last year he ended last season with being the quarterback 14 and he was fifth in the league with 27 punch, uh, passing touchdowns. Now we know that the 49ers are a rush rushing offense. They're a really good defensive team. And I know throwing the ball is not something they do all the time because they have such a good running game. 
However, being ranked 22 is kind of slapping the face of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I understand he's one of the better game managers in the league, but that's just something that I just feel like if he was, he finished the season at number 14, why would you rank him at 22? It doesn't make any sense because if you look at this list of players I'm about to name, who would you rather have in this group? I mean, you have Big Ben, who's coming off a UCL injury, which is your owner collateral ligament, which is the ligament that's the inside of your elbow on his throwing arm. And that's a really tough injury to come, you know, come back from. I've seen a couple of these, you know, professional baseball players and football players who had UCL injuries and it's a very interesting rehab. I mean, most of them have come back from that, but there are instances where unfortunately the load on the elbow and if there's weakness and strength, that's deficits that are there, he may not last the whole season. So hopefully he does, but I don't know. I don't know if I will draft Big Ben over Jimmy Garoppolo. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers have a good offense, but I'm just not sure. I would I would rather have someone like Jimmy Garoppolo who's not having any type of injury issues right now. I'd rather have him. And then looking at Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yes, he is he's a stud. He is a very good quarterback. But when we saw last year, you know, in the year prior that he's dealing with a foot injury, he's dealing with a shoulder injury on his throwing shoulder. I mean his his status is really kind of unknown of what he is going to be like coming back from injury. And I know he's on the Patriots, but I, I just, I've, we never seen a player like this in New England that has the potential of being, you know, a dual threat in the rushing game and the passing game with Cam Newton. But when there's these un, unknown injury statuses, I just, I just feel more comfortable drafting somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and also the last guy I mentioned is Joe Burrows. I mean, he's a rookie, and he's going to a system at Cincinnati that it's still kind of a middle-tier offense. Like, there's really nothing that makes me feel, like, really comfortable on picking Joe Burrows over a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. So I really think that there's a little off on the rankings. I know is you know Jimmy Garoppolo is not too much further under Joe Burrows, but if I'm sitting there in a draft and I have to pick one of the two, I'm picking Jimmy Garoppolo all day long. We've seen what he can do. I mean, I know there's not a lot of games where he's had, you know, 25 plus uh, points in fantasy football, but we know that's there. I mean, he had a shootout with the with the Saints. He's had, you know, he had a good game against the Cardinals last year. So I know there's few and far in between like those those games, but we know that if they have to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball, he's capable. And I'm just not going to trust a quarterback that's injured or a rookie. So that's just my opinion, obviously, but. Um, I, I just see Jimmy Garoppolo having a, a better season than ranked, you know, where his ECR is going to be. And then my second guy is Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr has an ECR of 28. Now, I know a lot of people have seen some of the, the, the regression in Derek Carr, and I don't really think it's his skill set because we've seen when Derek Carr has a healthy offensive line, he has the players around him. I mean, he was a QB1. It was only once in his career. But it was a year that he was having a fantastic fantastic year. It was a year that the Raiders made the playoffs. He ended up getting hurt, and he was having an MVP-type MVP season. So, And that was in, in 2016. So before getting injured, I mean, he, if he has the weapons around him, he's going to flourish. And, you know, with, with that being said, I mean, he has been, majority of the years, he has been a QB too. So he finishes within like that 15, 16 uh, QB ranking every year, but I do think like this year with the new with the weapons they have. I mean, having Waller come back, you you add Jason Witten, which is another outlet. Then you know Henry Ruggs, I think is a really a 
an undervalued player as well in coming to the receiving position because he has the speed to stretch the field. And then when you add in Hunter Renfro, you add in Tyrell Williams. I mean, I think he has enough talent there where he can flourish. So I just think 28 is too low. Now, I, I do want to recognize that he does have a tough schedule, so that's probably why he is, is ranked so low. But I do think that, you know, it's a low-risk player. You know, this is a guy that you can get super cheap, and he may be even on the waiver wire, but he's one of those guys where, like I said, these two quarterbacks that I've mentioned are more for two quarterback and super flex leagues. Now, we're moving on to my running back position. The first running back that I'm going to mention has been an elite running back throughout his whole career, and that's Le'Veon Bell. I think that with him being ranked right now as the ECR of 19, that's just weird to see. We've always seen, you know, Le'Veon Bell be this elite running back, the guy that he's either the first or second running back off the board, but he's being right now ranked as a low-end RB, RB2. But we've seen every time that he's played a full 16 games, He's elite. Now, that didn't happen last year. I just feel like Adam Gase is really doing a disservice to the Jets' offense and to Le'Veon Bell by not using him and giving him the touches that he needs. I know there's been some beef between them, too. Like, there's been known public um, uncertainties about Adam Gase and how much he likes Le'Veon Bell. And there was some trade talk last year. Who knows to what extent that was really happening. But I just think Adam Gase is just really doing a really bad job. And we've seen this in his tenure in Miami as well, that he has elite players that could flourish in his offense. He just, if he doesn't like you, he's just not going to play you, which I don't get. But he is, you know, Le'Veon Bell is a dual threat running back. We've seen him be a great receiver. He's a great rusher. He's a great goal line back. I just don't see why they can't use him as a workhorse running back. I personally want to buy into Bell this year just because of his value. Um, you know, I, I I still believe in his talent. I still believe Le'Veon Bell has the skill sets to be an elite running back. Now, I know reports are out there saying that he's been trained really hard this year. I think there he has. I feel like he has something he has to prove to Adam Gase, which he has no reason to have to prove anything because he has a track record of being a great running back. But I do know that the addition to Frank Gore and they've drafted a running back in the in the draft this year could limit his touches, but. I just don't see the reason why they have to take Le'Veon Bell off the field. He can do everything you need him to do, but hopefully they're going to get him going this year. And I hope, I think he will play outplay his ADP. I can't see why he would be ranked or finish the season lower than 19. I think he, he has the potential to be that fringe RB one this year. And now my second running back is James Conner. Now he's ECR of 20. So Le'Veon Bell and James Conner back to back. It's very interesting that I decided to choose two players that are, back-to-back in rankings, but just, you know, I think James Conner is a very undervalued running back this year. Now, the biggest question mark is not his skills, is, you know, he was awesome when he took over for Bell back in 2018. However, it's his durability. He hasn't played a full 16-game season in his career, and we know that he is the lead back. I mean, there's no question. I mean, the coaches have come out and saying, James Conner is our, you know, our main back. Now, I know that it may seem weird because I do have they have Snell, they have Samuel, they have Anthony McFarland, the the rookie that they drafted this year. But I mean, I I just think it's a sure bet that that James Conner will outperform his ADP, and he could be creeping into that RB one territory as well, just like Le'Veon Bell. Now I know Big Ben is the engine for that offense, so as long as James Conner stays healthy, 
I love the overall potential of the Steelers offense and what James Conner can do. Now, I, I have to make a decision in my own fantasy league. I have James Conner in my 11th um, player keeper league. And I have to make a decision on do I, I mean, my running backs right now are Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Miles Sanders. And I have to cut bait with one of those guys. And I am leaning more James Conner just because of the injury uh, aspect of things. But I have to make that decision myself. So I, I personally uh, will figure that out in the next few weeks when I have to declare my, my, 11, my 11 players I want to keep. But, you know, I, I, I'm starting to lean more towards James Conner just because I like the offense a lot more. And we have no idea what's going to go on with Leonard Fournette if they're actually going to cut bait with him or if they're going to utilize him um, like they did last year. So with that, I'm going to my undervalued wide receivers. My first player in my undervalued wide receiver uh, position is Adam Thielen. Now, he's not ranked too low. I mean, he's it's a respectable uh, ranking. He's ranked 14. Now, I think Thielen is going to have a huge season. I think he will be the clear target you know, leader for the Vikings. With Stephon Diggs now trade to Buffalo. We've seen what Adam Thielen can do, even with Diggs on the team. You know, he in 2017 he was a wide receiver eight. In 2018 he was a wide receiver seven. Now there are definitely vacant targets because Diggs is gone. And yes, they did draft Justin Jefferson, but I don't think that's going to cap what Thielen's upside is going to be. I think it'll end up a fringe, you know, wide receiver one. But you're going to draft him as a wide receiver two because that's where the value is and that's where they have everybody ranked. So you're going to get a wide receiver one at a wide receiver two price. So. Uh, the biggest question is, is he's getting a little bit older. Will he be able to stay durable throughout the throughout the season? Now, my second guy, uh, this is um, very interesting because I think this is the worst kept secret, but I have A.J. Green as my other undervalued wide receiver. He is ranked 30th, which that's mind-boggling to me. Like, why is he so low? Why is he in the ECR of 30? I mean, A.J. Green is a beast when he plays. Now, I know he's, he's had injury. He has an injury-played career. I think there's no question that he's going to outplay his ADP at 30, but he's the number one receiver and clear cut wide receiver one for the Cincinnati Bengals. Why would he not have the most targets, the more air yards, the most everything on that team? He's obviously the most, most talented receiver on that roster. Now I know they have Boyd. I know they draft another receiver as well and have, or they have Higgins as well. But if he play, if he, if AJ Green plays 16 games, you know, when he does play those 16 games, he he was a top 10 receiver. Now, I'm not saying that's what he's going to be this year, but he has the skill sets to do that. I really think that he can really become a very under, he's an undervalued pick. That's going to give you a lot of upside. So he's going to be a force. He's talented. I know there's, you know, I know there's skepticism of him on a team that has a rookie quarterback, but I can see I can see AJ Green even with Joe Burrows I can still see him creeping in that you know wide receiver two, uh, you know position for this year. Uh, there's just too much value for AJ Green and you know this year I'm grabbing him late in drafts. I'm gonna target AJ AJ Green in every draft I can because I just think the value is there. Now moving on to my tight ends, my undervalued tight ends. You know this is uh this is one of the things where I I just I look at some of the players I look at the rankings and I try to figure out okay. You know, why is this guy draft or why he's ranked here and everything like that? And this guy, I I believe he's an outplay is is ECR, and that's Rob Gronkowski. I mean, he's being right now, his ECR right now is eleven. Now now this isn't a homer pick. Yes, I am a Bucks fan. But look, and as a joke, but look at what Madden 
you know, Madden has him ranked as the third highest tight end in in the league this year. I mean, that has to count for something, right? Because if EA Sports obviously believes in him as being the third highest ranked tight end, then why can he be ranked higher in fantasy? I mean, in all seriousness, though, he is fun to watch. He's dominant. And it doesn't hurt that he's going back with Tom Brady. I mean, Gronk and Brady have this unique chemistry on the field. And even though they don't have that typical offseason, I mean, we know what Gronk and Brady can do, even, you know, even without having the offseason protocols and all the stuff that they've been going through. I mean, I do see Gronk being a top five tight end this year. I mean, if he can stay healthy and play 16 games, he's going to get there. I mean, in order to get there, though, he has to be really efficient. Um, Bruce Arians' offense is not an offense known by utilizing the tight end. We saw that last year with Bray and Howard. But I do think that Bruce Arians will find a way to get him involved, implement the tight end position more into his system. You know Bray's going to have a say in what goes on. They don't bring somebody like Gronk and trade for somebody, get him out of retirement to not use him. They're not going to use him as a blocker. They're going to use him as a threat, a red zone target. Gronk is going to be a top tight end this year. But you're like just like anything else, you're going to get him drafted pretty late. But I believe in him this year. You know, I think that having the last year off to kind of get his body right, I really feel like he is re-energized. He really wants to play football. He's back to his playing weight that he was back when he before he retired. He has no injury issues. I mean, I'm really excited to see what uh, he can do this year. I even tried to buy his jersey today, and I have to wait until November or something, like mid-November to get his jersey. So that's not happening, but... It's just one of those things I'm really excited for Rob Gronkowski. And it's not because, I mean, it's a lot of it too is I'm excited because he's on my, my favorite team. But I really think that he's getting really undervalued this year based on what we know he can do if he's healthy. And my second tight end on this list is Jack Doyle. He has an ECR of 18. Now, Doyle has a huge opportunity to be a fancy relevant tight end this year. With Eric Ebron going to the Steelers and the Colts bringing in Rivers, we know Rivers loves utilizing the tight end. If we see anything like we did from Antonio Gates to Hunter Henry based on production, Jack Doyle this year, this is a no-brainer. He did have, now Jack Doyle did have 14% of the target share when Ebron was in the lineup. However, when when Ebron got injured and was out, that went up to 20%. So they, Frank Wright does use the tight end in his, you know, in his game plan. So I just really see like Jack Doyle being that guy where, he definitely won't get drafted this year. I really think that he's a guy that you're going to find on the free agency, you know, on the waiver wire and free agency and everything. But he has the potential of anything to be a solid streamer. So he's a guy that you may pick up as your tight end too, may be able to plug in on the be- on the better matchups. But there is a chance that when the, when the season comes to an end, he could be that low-end tight end one. I mean, it's there. He's done it before. And I just think with Phillip Rivers liking using the tight end as an outlet, I really think that Jack Doyle is a very undervalued player this year in the tight end position. So those are my undervalued players. In review, I have at my quarterback position, I have Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr as my two undervalued quarterbacks. My running backs are Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. My receivers are Adam Thielen and A.J. Green. And my tight ends are Rob Gronkowski and Jack Doyle. So there you have it. Those are my undervalued candidates and players for 2020. Thank you so much for listening today. Please like, comment, and share. The next episode, I'll be discussing my overvalued players for 2020. Don't hit, don't forget to hit the subscribe so you don't hit, miss that episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Gridiron Pod and on Instagram at Gridiron Fantasy Football. That's it for today. Have a great day. Have a great week, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care.